Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Sign up with my bookie and use our promo code Gators to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime. With my bookie. Get the Manscaped performance package at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use, when you use code GATORSBREAK20. One more time, the Manscaped performance package at manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use code GATORSBREAK20. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you after the heartbreaker. Oof. That one hurt, guys. That one really hurt. Alabama 31, Florida 29. Electric atmosphere in the swamp. The swamp was ready. The team... Was ready, a slow start, but ready, ready to play. And that one, that one stings just a little bit. But what a day in game, what a weekend, but what a day, what a Saturday, what a college football Saturday in Gainesville that we, uh, that, that we got to experience there. Uh, whether, I mean, you didn't have to be there in Gainesville, you could feel it on TV and stuff. I'm sure a, a lot of people, a few people told me, but man, Gainesville was, Gainesville was hopping <laughs> Friday, Saturday, uh, a lot of fun there. Um, that I mean, the, the whole day, Saturday, I mean, showing up at the tailgate at eight o'clock with the Four Rivers and Ham. Shout out the big Four Rivers. Big shout out to Four Rivers Barbecue Smokehouse there. there. I mean, um, catered to tailgate. Great stuff there, everybody. You know, you use your discount there. Five dollars off twenty five is when you mention Gators Breakdown. But shout out there to Four Rivers and the Harmonic Woods tailgate. Biggest tailgate we've had. Uh, ever, I think, is what Mayor told me. So, big shout out to everybody who stopped by, said hello. I uh, met a lot of you out there for the first time, whether it be tailgating right there or walking to the stadium. Uh, Friday night at Visors, uh, going there uh, at Steve Spurrier's rooftop bar. Uh, there, I've met so many of you uh, for the first time. Thanks for thanks for saying hello. Uh, too way too many to mention. <laughs> so, I don't want to single anybody out there. But uh, did Will Miles came down, uh, tailgated with us as well. So. Uh, Oh, a lot of fun. Got to see some people I haven't seen in a long time. And like I said, met some people for the first time as well. So tell you what, it was a lot of fun, but all in town for the big game, Florida, Alabama. Of course, that's what we'll get into uh, talking here on Gators Breakdown. Join Gators Breakdown Plus, uh, of course. You can have a post-game conversation there. I need to uh, post that, the one that we had there, but uh, that was a benefit there for Gators Breakdown Plus members. Uh, more of an immediate reaction after the game. So join, us three, join as little as $3 a month 
at gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm. Link is in the description. And find Gators Breakdown at newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. All right, overall thoughts, uh, of course, we'll get into it. I'll get into the game a little bit too. Uh, some stats, key stats going along with the game. But here we go. I mean, look, not a moral victory, you know, for, for Florida. Uh, we we expect championships there, moral victories like this. Um, you know, you'd, uh, you don't cater to it, but can be some good taken away from, from, from the game. And, like, it was a heartbreaker. That was a, that was a dagger. Uh, look, it, I'm not saying feel good about a loss. It does sting. Uh, but there are things you can take away from this game uh, that you like how they played uh, within the storyline of the game. Uh, you know, some of this is all on the expectations coming into the game. Most weren't picking Florida to hang with Alabama at all. Florida did. Uh, look, if we can take away good and bad things in a win, we can take away both in a loss as well. So there's going to be some good. There's going to be some bad. Not saying uh, you have to feel great about a loss. Not saying you have to feel bad about a loss. Uh, it's mainly how you want to take it. I can't tell you how to think, but uh, I'll kind of explain it here. Look, it's not a moral victory, uh, and it stings. I'm you know ticked off Florida loss, but you know there's uh, there's context and everything. So uh, now what I, I won't I won't say this is a good loss. There's no such thing as a good loss in my book. Uh, that doesn't exist on the hills of a game. Uh, now it can in the eyes of some, in the eyes of the important people down the road now, maybe college football playoff committee, pollsters, if you want to look at it that way, then okay. But right now, at the moment, as it stands right now, you know, there's no such thing as a good loss. This is not a good loss to me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, of course, semantics, however you want to define, however you want to define moral victory, however you want to define good loss, I can't tell you uh, how to do that. But um, a loss is a loss, but there, like I, got, like I said, there's context within it. You know, I, I hardly speak in absolutes. Uh, some may say it's kind of towing, towing the middle ground, uh, playing both sides a little bit. Okay, maybe that's just my personality there. Uh, not everything has to be in black and white. I'm not proud of the result. You know, Florida lost a football game, but I am proud of the way this team fought. I am proud of the way this team fought back. I am proud of the way this team made a game out of it when it didn't look like it was going so well. Uh, plenty of adversity against the best team in the country. Florida kept fighting. Now, look, we need to eventually get past these big game moments. You know, it has to happen soon at some point. But in the storyline of the game itself, be proud of the team staying in it. And there we go. That's just about the best way I can put it. You know, that it could have been ugly. It could have been bad. Uh, but Florida stayed in it, made a ball game out of it. Almost. Almost doesn't count. Almost up to upset the number one team in the country. So big takeaway here to start with, I think. And then we can kind of explain the game in a way of how it got to the point. Florida held a 440 to 331 total yard edge over Alabama. 109 yards more than Alabama. Florida rushed for 245 yards compared to 91 for Alabama. Alabama didn't get 100 yards rushing. Alabama passed for 240 yards, Florida 195. Florida averaged 6.3 yards per play. Alabama averaged 5.3 yards per play. So Florida averaging one more yard per play. The final score, Alabama 31, Florida 29. So how did we get there? All those stats all look good. Still walk out of Ben Hill Griffin with a, with a loss. How did we get there? 
I pointed it out kind of, you know, last week was my one of my biggest worries, if not my biggest worry, and that was a slow start. Uh, and it was on both sides of the ball, but I somewhat expected it on offense. That's not to excuse the slow start for the offense, but I did expect it more on that side of the ball. Just kind of, you know, and we'll get into it there. Uh, Emory Jones showed up, but it was a, you know, a slow start on offense. Uh, but, you know, I, I was worried that it was going to be somewhere on the defense too. Uh, and, but the reason I pointed it out so much was because that was something that needed to change for once in a big game. The defense has gotten off to slow starts in a lot of these big games. It's a consistent issue for Todd Grantham and his defense going against the better offenses he faces. Now, you know, there, there are different ways and different reasons. I thought for the most part, the players were in position to make some plays early, uh, try to make some tackles, but that was a big difference early. And I brought it up in the preview last week, how Alabama skilled players create so many yards after the catch, so many yards after contact. And that was the story of the defense for me in the first quarter, more so than uh, the actual coaching scheme. Was it perfect? No, I'm not giving Todd Grantham a pass here, but there were a lot of times guys – we're in position to make plays. And, but when it was as bad as it was in the first quarter, as I go back and look at last year's 2020 defense, when I said to be that bad, it takes both coaching and the players' uh, performance on the field. And that's what we got in the first quarter versus Alabama as well. It takes both to get rough shot over <laughs> that, that much. Uh, so, uh, but you, you know, you're asking the coach of staff asking for D- DBs to come up and make tackles versus Alabama's running backs. That's not a recipe for success. Uh, but plenty of chances for defenders to make tackles against Alabama's receivers, short of the sticks, only for Alabama the receivers to make something happen after the catch, miss that first tackle, uh, and keep the chains moving. Now, Alabama on their second drive, I think we do have to point this out, on that second drive of the game, I think they got some help from the refs. Florida had a stop on third and seven. Kyrie Eagles called for not passing interference in my book, uh, but defense did their job there. Refs help out Bama just a little bit. Um, that's, look, that's the last thing Alabama needs is an, an, an extra chance to extend the drive. They go on and score a touchdown. They're good enough without those extra chances from, from the refs, but you'd like to let look, you, you'd like to see the defense overcome like they did in the second quarter. You'd like to see them extend that to the first quarter, get another, you know, uh, start the stops there in the first, in the, uh, in the first quarter, but hard to do when Alabama gets an extra chance, you know, so asking a lot against one of the best offenses in the country with their skill player talent. Um, Bama was doing such a good job at spreading Florida out, making the defense cover the whole field, getting a lot of one-on-one matchups after the catch, and their skill players made the plays, and Florida's did not. Uh, Bryce handled Bryce Young handled the, the the early Florida crowd. It was loud. It was rocking early. He handled the crowd well in the game, distributed the ball in a mostly conservative manner, except that 26-yard touchdown pass to Billingsley later in the drive. Uh, that was the uh, second drive where the – Phantom Elam pass interference call comes in. Uh, but, you know, that's where – that was the difference, biggest difference in the game for me, uh, right? They're only because of what I was looking for. Now, of course, I think it, 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 it took both sides. It was a slow start on offense as well. It's not a, not a pass there, not a complete bad start. Got to open up with a field goal. But with Bama scores a touchdown, you need to respond with a touchdown. And Gators settled for a field goal after an opening 11-play, 75-yard drive that took four minutes, eight, eight seconds off the clock. And look, you could tell right away now something we were kind of looking for going into these, in, in this game. When were the tight ends going to get involved? Tight ends got involved more in the game plan. They had no catches coming into the Alabama game. Kamori Gamble has 
two catches on the first two plays of the game. And Emory Jones, you start seeing him insert his legs a little bit more. We started wondering what part of the game plan have we not seen? What part of the playbook have we not seen from Dan Mullen those first couple of weeks? We saw it right away, get the tight ends more involved, use Emory Jones' legs somewhere. Emory, uh, offense goes nowhere on the second drive. Emory's pressured, throws an interception when the Gators are already down 14-3 to at that point. Bama takes over at the Florida 38s. Score six plays later, goes up 21 to three. First quarter stats 172 yards for Alabama compared to Florida's 81 yards in the first quarter. Alabama was averaging 8.2 yards per play and was three of three on third down in the first quarter. Then Florida goes on to beat Alabama the rest of the game. Uh, and to get back into it, uh, but it was that first quarter start, both sides of the ball that was the difference in this game. Credit to these Gators, not folding. Uh, it, that would have been expected by many out there. It would have been easier to just go out there and roll over. Not these Gators. Fought back, outplayed Alabama the rest of the game, and give themselves a chance at a victory. So let's go to second quarter. This is when it started. This is when the tide started to turn a little bit for I mean, Probably not the best term there, but uh, uh, consider who Florida played there. But in the second quarter, Gators defense responded and just dominated the second quarter, setting the stage for the Gators' comeback. Alabama had a total of three yards in the second quarter. Florida defensive line started to insert itself a bit more. Defenders made better plays on the ball. Uh, Florida offense had to do their part, and they did. While Alabama had three yards in the second quarter, the Gators' offense goes for a balanced 119 yards, 57 rushing, 62 passing while controlling almost 11 minutes of the second quarter. Florida's first touchdown set up by a big 30-yard catch and run from Emory Jones and Keon Zipperer. Uh, then the Gators find themselves needing to go for on a fourth and six to try and stay in the game. Bama gets called, pass interference from Jacob Copeland. Very next play, Malik Davis goes for a 26-yard touchdown run. And the first sign right there that the Gators' run game was going to be a force in this game, that uh, a positive force in this game, Right after that touchdown, and small play, but probably the biggest effect on the game, Chris Howard misses the extra point with hot, hot Florida later on, of course, as we know. Gators down 21-9 to nine right at that point. Halftime comes up. You know, you start you, – you're feeling a little bit better after that second quarter. Uh, knowing the offense has to go into halftime and, and has to put something together in the second half. You come out with the first drive. Uh, there, Florida had to do something going into the uh, going into halftime, going into starting that second half. You're starting to fill it on defense a little bit. Florida had a great defensive second quarter, as I said. You like to have that faster start, like to have a little bit earlier. Don't know why in these big games, Florida can't get off to a faster start on defense. Uh, but they found themselves in it. A great response by that defense in the second quarter. Offense starting to find their way as well in that big first sign uh, of the run game. Uh, right there for the Gators. So uh, before we get back into it, right there for the game, let's hear from our friends at my bookie. Now, if you had bet Florida and covered the spread, you were uh, you were looking good. You can brag on that one a little bit because not many people saw it. But you can also get in on some NFL action at my bookie. It's winning season there with five hundred thousand dollars in contest prize money. Winning season makes the big games better and the victories even sweeter. Head to mybookie.ag and choose from a variety of boost, contests, and promotions up for grabs, highlighted by the crown jewel of winning season, the famed MyBookie Super Contest. Only cost $10 to enter. 
pick five games against the spread each week. Each win earns you a point, and each point gets you closer to the grand prize. If you missed out on week one, don't sweat it. Entries are still open. All it takes is one solid week to get you back into the mix. And don't just take my word for it. Join now and start your winning season with MyBookie. In order to get started there, you can make your first deposit at MyBookie.ag and use promo code GATERS to instantly receive double your first deposit. Double your money, double your winnings, double your first ever deposit using promo code GATERS. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Autumn is in the air. It's coming soon. Pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand-new fourth-generation performance package. Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GATORSBREAK20. Time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this bundle, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Breeze, and a travel bag to hold all those goodies. First off, the, in the Performance Package 4.0, you get the Lawnmower 4.0, the fourth-generation waterproof trimmer featuring the ceramic blade to, resu- to reduce grooming accidents. Also includes the Weed Whacker. Get those pesky weeds in your nose and ears. This nose and ear trimmer, the best one I've ever tried. you got to give it a try, guys. Liquid Formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver. Soothing spray for below that keeps your high friction areas cool, calm, and protected after a good shave. And they even throw in two free gifts in the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxer Briefs, and the Shed Travel Bag. Very, very handy there from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GATORSBREAK20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code GATORSBREAK20 at manscaped.com. All right, let's get back into this game a little bit. And now the second half where the Gators make their huge run to get back into the game. I mean, it was talking at halftime, and it was just you could you, you could feel it, but you still didn't really know whether to fully believe uh, if uh, if Florida was going to make their way back in this game. But they do, and to get the crowd back into it, that was the biggest thing. That's why I didn't. That's why I hated that slow start. I didn't want that slow start because I. I I didn't think Florida would be able to find their fight, fight their way back. Uh, Bama goes up 21 to three, and I know I'm not the only one. Pretty much everybody thought the game was over at that point. So that's why I give a whole lot of credit there for these Gators fighting back. Gets the crowd back into it. Swamp is nuts. This, Swamp is on its way to help, you know, dominate the stat sheet with, with the players there. Uh, calls multiple Alabama penalties and miscommunications there uh, for, for, for this Gator football team. But, here we go. Florida dominates the set sheet, gets closer into pulling up the upset. Florida, 239 yards in the second half compared to 149 for Bama. Florida, 156 yards on the ground in the second half. A safe 8 of 11 for 83 yards in the air from Emory Jones. 4 of 5 on third down for the Gators. Florida controlled the second half with three straight offensive touchdown drives. Opening up with a 10-play, 75-yard drive, taking four minutes and 40 seconds off the clock. Cutting the lead at that point, 21-16 Alabama. But the problem was Alabama responds right away. That was another worry of mine. If you do make it close, how would Alabama react? How would a young quarterback and Bryce Young react? Well, they reacted and responded very well. Florida makes it a five-point game. Bama responds right away with their own 13-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. Extends their lead, 28-16 Alabama. But then the drive of the game. 
And I tell you what, this is uh, it, credit to this team again. Uh, another mountain to overcome, to climb and stay in this game. An 11-play, 99-yard touchdown drive that started because of an ill-advised gaff by Jamarcus Weston. You let the ball um, hits him. It's in the end zone. I guess he thought the play was dead since the ball landed in the end zone. Uh, but rolls back out of the end zone to the one-yard line. Florida has to start to drive at the one-yard line. Um, and, look, they face third and ten. Third and ten at the one. Emory Jones finds Naquan Wright for 18 yards, and Wright takes over on that drive. Five touches, 79 yards on the drive for Wright. Starting with that 18-yard reception. Two plays later, a string of three plays in a row for Wright. A 30-yard run, a 16-yard run, 11-yard run, setting up Emory Jones to find Xavier Henderson for 18 yards a couple plays later. Then Emory Jones scores from five yards out on another touchdown. Cuts the lead, 28-23 Alabama. And then Bama responds with a field goal. Leads 31-23. Florida doesn't stop. Goes on another 11-play, 75-yard drive where Florida converts a third and 19 with Emory to Trent Whittemore for 17 yards. And then very next play on fourth and two. Emory finds Whittemore again, stretching enough to get that conversion. Then another third down conversion on third and six. I mean, Emory Jones was clutch uh, in, in this game, guys. Uh, in, in, late, in, in the second half, when Florida needed to make some plays, that 99-yard drive uh, there, this drive as well. Third and six from Emory to zip for seven yards. Very next play, Damian Pierce goes for a 17-yard touchdown run. Florida within two. Read option call on the two-point conversion. Uh, decision, decision needed to be made a bit faster. Comeback bid falls short after L- Alabama gets one first down on their last drive. They pretty much salt the clock away. Florida gets one shot for a miracle war. Emory Jones is tackled with no throws. So quick rehash of the game, some key stats in that comeback bid for the Gators there. I mean, the long drives that Florida put together, um, the second half, the offense was in its groove. Run game was working. Comeback bid falls short, but I mean, yeah, there, there were plenty of times in that game. After the first quarter, Florida could have given up. After halftime, you you come out and score. Alabama responds right away. You didn't give up again. You start a drive on the one yard line. You stay in it. Uh, Florida was feeling it. Florida was feeling it. Florida was a better team after the first quarter. Uh, and but think about it. You gave the number one team in the country an eighteen point cushion to start off with. Just got to have some better starts in these big games. You go back to last year's SEC championship game in Alabama. You know, Florida did score a touchdown on the first half, but Florida didn't find themselves in a hole because the defense just couldn't get any stops. Uh, last year versus Georgia, you were able to come back. Uh, but go back to the year before that in Todd Grantham and then the slow starts, you know, especially, especially Georgia uh, in 18 and 19 as well. You know, it's these big game atmospheres that Todd Grantham's defense just gets off to a slow start. Now, the, you know, like I said, it, it is a loss, but after wins, we talk about the good and bad. And even after a loss, I think we can talk about the good and bad. It was a, for playing how they were in the first quarter. And I think some of the expectations we have for this defense, it was a heck of a bounce back after that first quarter. I mean, Florida dominated that second quarter. Uh, it was not even close. The defensive line just started inserting themselves. Did Bama get a little softer because they were up twenty-one to three? Yeah, maybe. But they they do that. They they do they go out and blow other people out. Um, you know, I mean, could have said the same about the Miami game. This carry kept scoring points. I think Florida had a lot to do with that comeback. Not so not so much Alabama falling down. I think Florida. Found some things, you know, if you love to find it earlier, love to find it in pregame preparation so a team doesn't get out to a large 
start like this on defense or on offense against a Gator defense. They eventually found a way to found something. Defensive line started playing better and certain themselves, controlling that line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. But uh, you know, talking about the, the part that really just consistently hurts Florida in these big games, and that's a slow start on defense. And that's my biggest takeaway, my biggest negative takeaway from this game uh, is just get off. Try and find a way to get off. I mean, look, you got to – as far as big game atmospheres goes, now I'm not saying Florida can't get off to a better start against Tennessee and Kentucky coming up, LSU as well. But you know the ultimate factor is going to be: can you get off to a better start on defense versus Georgia? When you when you have struggled in that game the last few years, getting off to a better start on defense, it is a big game. It is a big game atmosphere. Georgia's top five, top ten when you play them. You got to go be able to get off to a better start again. I mean, are you be able to count on this offense to to, to to come back over and over again? Uh, just don't put your offense in that situation. Florida may win by double digits if they have a better first quarter. Think about it. If Florida had played the first quarter like they did quarters two, three, and four, Florida might win this game by double digits. That's the crazy thing about it. Florida outplayed Alabama and lost the game. That's where it stings. That's where it's kind of unacceptable in a way. Um, but a couple ways to look at it there. I can't tell you how to feel, <laughs> feel about it. Uh, but that's there's my thoughts on it. There's my thoughts on it. All right, let's go take a little more detailed look at some of the players, some of the positions that really, really, um, you know, put this comeback bid uh, there up uh, for the Gators. Quarterback, maybe, maybe for Emory Jones. I think we'll we'll take a look at this as a starting point at at, at some point, but you know, maybe just needing the game reps, maybe just getting more comfortable and now. Quarterback play is not cookie cutter. I mean, I know we all see young quarterbacks like Bryce Young come in and, and play well, but it's not a formula. You know, there's not a magic formula that everybody can use for, for, for quarterbacks. And I think we can safely say Emory Jones grew up in this game when a lot of pressure was on him, a lot of pressure was on this offense, a slow start that you had to dig yourself out of. Game plan was built around him a bit more, um, built around more of his legs, 17 to 27. On the day, 181 yards passing, the one interception. Uh, he ran for 76 yards and a touchdown, 269 yards, total yards for Emory Jones. Um, and this is the kind of performance I thought we'd see when the season started. Not great consistency, but would make plays along the way. Getting his legs more involved settles him down, gets more comfortable, helps the entire run game when you start running him like that. Um, made much better decisions. Once again, more consistent physically and mentally there for Emory Jones, I think, once this run game got going. The interception, pressure coming in his face. He could have taken the sack um, maybe at that point, but ch- trying to make a play. Ball floats as he gets hit. Ball's picked off, and, you know, that up Alabama there in, in, in pretty good uh, field position. Um, completed 10 of his last 14 attempts. Completing his last five in a row, seven of those throws turned into first down. So that was a kind of clutch play I was talking about there from Emory uh, later on in the game. Put help Florida in, in position. In some, you know, you could say sometimes, you know, why did us? You know, so he was like I said, inconsistent. The, you know, the throws were not perfect every time, uh, but much better consistency in, in, in that regard from Emory Jones. Uh, and he didn't didn't make the the lethal killer mistake that we were afraid he would make after watching those first couple games. Uh, you would think, well, you've played a better defense. Uh, if you played that way 
against Alabama that he played in the first couple of games. Alabama's going to have multiple interceptions and a pick six maybe here or there or whatever. He didn't do that. And like I said, though, with the one interception, pressure in his face, trying to make a play, would you like to see him take the sack? Okay. I mean, you can argue that, of course. I don't, I don't, don't think you're wrong either way. Um, but he had, to, he had to get rid of the ball. If he was going to throw it, he had to get rid of the ball then. I was watching, and I just happened. I just happened to be watching the right guy at the right time. Henderson had, wasn't even really coming out of his break at the time. Emory Jones released the ball, uh, so it was going to be either a fall incomplete or basically what happened. The ball floated when he gets hit. Uh, but as I said, to end the game, ten of fourteen on, the, on ten of his last fourteen attempts, he completed completing his last five in a row. Seven of those throws turned into first downs. Here we go. But the big winner, the breadwinner. For the Gator offense, great day for this Florida run game. That includes Emory Jones as well. But this offensive line controlled the Bama defensive line and that Bama de- defensive front seven. Running backs made the most of their chances. Malik Davis averaged almost nine yards a carry right on that 99-yard drive I pointed out. He had five touches for 79 yards on that drive. He averaged just eight yards a carry on the game. Pierce had that 17-yard touchdown run. Look, we questioned the run game the first couple of games. It was out there if it would translate. I felt good about the run game and where they were at, and they're a good starting point heading into SEC play. Question it after the first couple games and if it would translate after their first two easier opponents. It did. And vindicated a little bit, I guess. I had talked up probably more than most what I thought this shift in offense would do for this offensive line. Defended the run game in this offensive line this offseason. I thought Malik Davis was worthy when most people didn't. Damian Pierce as well. I thought this shift back in this offense would help these two guys, and it absolutely has. They have been the best two running backs on the roster these first couple games. Uh, and look, I know people want to see more Bowman and Lingard, but you have to like what Damian Pierce and Malik Davis are doing uh, right now. And now Naquan Wright getting more involved as well. And there's three veteran running backs uh, that Florida counted on so much last year are now um, coming around with this shift in the offense a little bit. And this offensive line just – I mean, it, it fits them. You know, this this style of offense is what John Hevesy knows. This is the style of offense John Hevesy um, brings <laughs> and knows how to develop for. This is what he coaches. This is what he develops for. Uh, it fits his style. Now we'll see what that means in the future. But at least for 2021 and this offense, just being carried by this offensive line and this run game, going back to this style lends itself and helping them play better. That offensive line plays better. Of course, they play better. You're getting these more explosive runs in the run game, and you guys know how much I love that. So, <laughs> uh, tight ends, here we go. I think we have to go to this part of the game, too. Part of the game plan, this was part of the game plan that was kept under wraps a little bit. Here was the wrinkle of the game that Dan Mullen brought to the table uh, in, in, in this position group. Gamble started, Gamble started it off. Zip had an explosive. Gamble, five catches on five targets for 32 yards. Zipper, four catches on five targets for 51 yards. They were targeted more, they caught more, they made plays. Uh, and look, as far as the passing game goes, now extend that Trent Whittemore. Finally got involved as well. Finally had better balls thrown his way. He responded with three catches for 33 yards. Big, gigantic plays on those back-to-back third down and 17, uh, or third and 19 where he gained 17, and then that fourth down conversion as well, those back-to-back plays. Big, big, big plays by Trent Whittemore. Um 12 of the 17 completions in the game were to those three guys. Gamble, Zip, Whittemore. 12 of the 17 completions were to those three players on 27 passing attempts. Here we go. Big plays. 
That's what kept Florida in it as well. Five passing plays for over 15 yards and nine rushing plays for over 10 yards. Alabama, six of uh, six of those plays in the passing game for them, and two of the longest being 26 and 29 yards for Alabama in the passing game. Much better after what we saw last season from this Gator defense and not just giving up those huge chunk passing plays over and over again against you know, offenses with a pulse. Uh, and also you know, now these Bama wide receivers as well. Um, good show up. Good Good return for this Gator secondary, not giving up the big play after big play after big play like we've seen in years past. Um, and look, you know, Bama only had four runs that were 10-plus yards. Uh, I brought it up last week, Bama's troubles up front and, and letting players in the backfield, letting defenders in the backfield. Florida defensive line showed up in the yards per play department. Uh, would have liked to have seen better play in short yardage runs, you know, especially late in the game. Uh, Bama salting away a clock uh, there. The, also, the – Touchdown, short yardage touchdown. I believe it was fourth and goal. Um, you know, Bama was – Florida sold out on the play being maybe a quarterback sneak or right there in the middle. Bama just runs the ball left for an easier touchdown there. Uh, but short yardage play is probably the next step. Uh, I want to see this defensive line make them make their way just a little bit better. But overall, good performance after that first quarter there for the defensive line. Pretty much was in control of the game most of the part after that first quarter. Defense, Kyrie Elam had himself a day in coverage. Bama went after him. Not much success there. Uh, Brenton Cox probably had his best game as a Gator, but it could have been even better. It could have been so much more better if he doesn't drop that easy interception in the coverage. Fl- Todd Grantham dialed it up right there. That was the play where the players have to make the plays. Have to make the play in that position. Those are the difference in the those are the plays in the in a big ball game that you just have to make if you want to pull the upset and i'm not trying to dog on brenton cox here and it was but that was just the play that you can point to that could have been the difference maker in the game um i mean it, <laughs> good day there could have been even better if he doesn't drop an inter, easy interception drop it in the coverage there and it all, to me that almost feels like the trading play last year versus alabama you make that interception who knows what happens if trading doesn't fumble that ball and, and Florida has that extra possession that Alabama doesn't score and you have the ball now. Almost the same thing here. Alabama goes on the score after that dropped interception. If Brenton Cox keeps that and you know Florida finds – they were, they were rolling at that, at that time. Florida was feeling good on offense. You never know what the outcome of the game could have been there with that, with that big play. Those are the plays you have to make. First of all, it would have kept Alabama from scoring. Then Florida was rolling at the time. And then yeah, you, you would have taken your chances in that regard. Uh, also, the problem there, <laughs> Brenton Cox drew the pass interference on the very next play on third down. You could ask if he, if he should have been in that position again. Um, but Bama goes on the score after that pass interference. But if you get that interception, it doesn't even happen. But all in all, probably Brenton Cox's best day as a Gator when you go back and look at the whole game. Gervon Dexter, nine tackles on the day in a sack. Rashad Torrance. Diabate, Dean with eight tackles. Moon and Newkirk up front with five apiece. Uh, moving some nice plays uh, as well. He's continuing his much improved play, much more consistent play there from Jeremiah Moon. Um, but, look, I hate the slow start. I'll go back on it one more time. But the defense responded um, with just 324 of total uh, – with just 324 yards of total offense allowed, Florida held Alabama to its lowest total yardage in a single game since November 10th, 2018, versus Mississippi State for 305 yards. 
This marks Alabama's fewest total yards in their last 34 games, even with that terrible first start, uh, first quarter start. And look, so here we go. Dan Mullen called it a measuring stick game. If you just want to take that at face value, just want to use that. Doesn't matter win or lose. Just taking that term, Florida measured up pretty well. Now you can be disappointed with the loss. Absolutely. I'm disappointed with the loss. But if Dan Mullen calls it a measuring stick game and we just go purely by that, if we want to go purely by the score, Florida measured up pretty well. You outplayed Alabama for three quarters. You just got down so big. So it was the little things, little things that added up. The interception, missed tackles early. The missed extra point was huge, huge. Questionable calls. I mean, I think if some of those other things didn't happen, maybe the questionable calls don't come into play as much. Mullen said the margin for error is razor thin, razor thin when you play games like this, when you play teams like Alabama. So it's things that just added up. The interception, missed tackles early, missed extra point, questionable calls by the officiating. I'm not going to put this game on the officials, um, as I said, just because of those other things that add up. Was it a good officiated game? I don't think so. Way too many pass interference calls. I think both ways, maybe. Uh, maybe more. <laughs> and then they missed a face mask with an offensive uh, Bama player as well. There were some things there. Um, and most of Bama's penalties, I know a lot of their – their uh, fan base would probably, oh, well, we had more penalties in Florida. Well, most of those were because those are penalties you can't hide. Those were false starts and offsides and uh, <laughs> those type of penalties. The, the pass interference or not or lack of pass interference or the pass interference called on Florida or um, the, the, the face mask there by that Bama offensive player. You know, those are the things that added up a little bit throughout the game. But the things that Florida did to themselves, the slow start the interception there from Emory um, with, the, with the pressure in his face, the missed tackles early on, the missed extra point. Those are the things that add up as well, pairing with those questionable calls. That were the difference in the game for the Gators and falling just a little bit short of that comeback bid. Man, I can't imagine if Florida would come out with their <laughs> with a victory. The cr- crowd was already nuts. Gainesville was already nuts. Rain held off at the very, very end there. Um, that it was pouring right after the game. So luckily, you know, we got that uh, – that, um, I mean, Florida wasn't going to run the ball much much better than what they were already running the ball. They were – control the game, control the game there up front for the Gators. And that's what you can take forward, I, I think. You know, the measuring stick there is, okay, played the best team in the country, number one team down to the wire. No more victories, but what do you do with it from here? Can you can you use this as a measuring stick and build on it? Can you build on this performance? Can you build on this game? You don't want to be like FSU and claiming, oh, okay, well, we played Notre Dame tough, only to go out and get your brains beat in the next couple of games. Um, well, not week two, but you lost to an FCS team. So um, that, that's what can't happen here. They can't. That can't happen here. So build on it. Take the positives from it. Work on the negatives, work on the fast starts on defense, work on better starts on defense. But you got to build from it. You got Tennessee coming up this week, Kentucky in a couple weeks, LSU after that, then you buy a week, then Georgia. You're building toward that game in October. I mean, maybe even Kentucky, that Kentucky game too. I know they will get into it in just a second, but, uh, you know, yeah. you're looking at the big picture here. And I think that's where a lot of people are taking some solace in the performance 
but you got to still go out there and perform. You can't just be satisfied with what happened versus Alabama. All right, let's take a look around the SEC like we do every week and what happened around there. I already mentioned the uh, FSU loss, though, by the way, losing the Wake Forest. So uh, rub your FSU fans a little bit more. Here we go. Around the SEC, Texas A&M, 34-0 over New Mexico. Kentucky, 28-23 over Chattanooga in a game they were trailing in the fourth quarter in. Had to have a little bit of comeback there versus Chattanooga. Will Levis getting a little turnover happy there for Kentucky. Missouri responded after their loss last week to Kentucky, 59-28 to winners over Southeast Missouri State. Florida's next opponent, Tennessee, switching starting quarterbacks. Goes on to a 56-0 win versus Tennessee Tech. There's Florida-Alabama, 31-29 Alabama. Arkansas continues their pretty good play, 45-10 win over Georgia Southern. Mississippi State uh, had a touchdown scored on them on a punt return that should not have been a touchdown. So Memphis gets that touchdown and wins 31-29. to So if you guys haven't seen that, you need to go check that out uh, and, and and see how Mississippi, how that played into Mississippi State losing the game. There was two number fours on the field for Memphis, and the ball was blown dead. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw when referee blow it dead. So Memphis punt returner picks it up and returns it for a touchdown. Uh, Georgia 40 to 13 victory over South Carolina. Auburn goes to uh, Penn State and loses 28 to 20 in the headline matchup there. Um, look, I mean, that was a good game in and of itself. Florida, Alabama was a good game. So the two headlining games this week lived up to the billing. LSU 49 21 victory over Central Michigan. Ole Miss 61 21 over Tulane. Vanderbilt goes down to Stanford 41 to 20. Three. So there's your look around the SEC. All right, that will do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. If I can uh, get out of this graphic here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that will, well, there we go. There we go. A little bit of issue over here on the YouTube version. Boom, there we go. That'll do it for this episode. Will Miles will join me on Monday night. As I said, he was in town in Gainesville as well. We got to chat it up tailgate a little bit we'll of course hit that a little bit but we'll talk even more to will i'll get his thoughts on the game as well what he saw uh you can follow his stuff at readingreaction.com but uh it'd be good but good discussion a lot of stuff that we hit on last week in the preview we'll go back and look at and how all that stuff transpired this week in the game itself with florida and alabama but this one stings. This one stings just a little bit. You can take some good – even in this review, you know, it sounded glowing, more glowing positive because, like I said, Florida outplayed Alabama for three quarters. There's going to be more positives. Just all – pretty much the negatives were just in the first 15 minutes of the game. So that's the weird thing about reviewing this game and breaking this game down. Would you have liked to see Florida – I mean, Bama scored 10 points. 10 points after that barrage in the first quarter. I mean, yeah, you would love to have seen Bama not respond right away with Florida's first touchdown after the second half. But all in all, as I said, for three quarters there, that's why I mean, there's no solace in, in, in the, the loss. But you go and look at it and you rewatch it and just take it out and how the brain game breaks out in quarters. Florida outplayed Alabama for three quarters. That's why you, you go and look at the game and it's just, man. Just uh, you gave him that pad up front, and that's that was the difference in the game. You know, there's a lot more as far as time goes. Second, 
third and fourth quarters that you just look at where Florida played better. So there's a little more to talk about in that regard. Uh, it's just that first quarter barrage that makes a difference there. So, all right, there we go. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.